0: Search for Jack on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts for the ride of your life. Whee! What to build? What to build? Oh, come on, Lizzie. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. <laughs> Let the show begin. Oh, hi there. Welcome back to Flugerville and Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. I'm Guy Neville. No, I'm Guy Neville. You're Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat. Oh, right. (laughs) Sometimes I get confused. So wait, which one of us invented this tin can cookie? That was definitely you, Kapow. Awesome. You want a bite? No, thank you. Humans can't eat tin cans. They aren't food that grow on a tree. They're a thing that's made in a factory. Food can be made in a factory or in a lab. Food can even be made in a lab and also grow on a tree. Wait, 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 hold up. You always say if it doesn't grow on trees or fall from the sky, it's an invention. That's true, but I never said an invention couldn't grow on a tree. After all, look at a Honeycrisp apple. I love Honeycrisp apples. Oh, they're so sweet and yummy. And they also were invented to grow yummy on a tree. Here, let me tell you all about it. Not that long ago, there wasn't much apple selection at the grocery store. For most people growing up, you had red apples, green apples, and yellow apples. That's it. And the worst part is, they were all pretty bland. Wait. I've been to an apple orchard and they have tons of juicy, delicious apples in all sorts of colors. Oh, absolutely! Out in nature, on small orchards, there have always been all sorts of varieties of tasty apples. But the ones that were grown in large numbers and sold in stores back in the day were grown to have bright colors, not bright flavors. Why would you grow a fruit based on a color and not taste? because they look great in the store. And growing a lot of brightly colored apples is easy and doesn't cost a lot. While taking the time to grow a delicious piece of fruit takes time and effort, and that makes them more expensive. So you're saying that better tasting apples existed, but since they were harder to grow, they were more expensive and so stores didn't carry them? Exactly. People often buy the cheapest option, And those colorful bland apples were very cheap. But then a new kind of apple changed all that. The Honeycrisp. Thank goodness for flavor. But I still don't understand. How do you invent an apple? Well, it started with horticulture. Horticulture is the science of growing plants to produce food and medical ingredients. Or for comfort and ornamental purposes. It's taught all over, including at the University of Minnesota. They have an apple breeding program where they try to mix different kinds of apples to create new apples. Uh, I'm confused. Don't worry, I'm usually confused and people still call me the goat. Which, as you taught me, means the greatest of all time. Uh, It could also just be that you're a goat, Capel. I don't understand, but let's get back to horticulture. In nature, two plants can mix when the wind blows pollen from one plant to another, or when a bee carries a red apple tree's pollen to a yellow apple tree's flower. It's called cross-pollination. In nature, it's random. At a horticulture lab, like the one at the U of M, they do it on purpose, as experiments. In the case of the Honeycrisp, They cross-pollinated the Honeygold Apple and the Macoon Apple. Now, to be clear, cross-pollinating isn't easy. And only one-half of 1% of the thousands of apple varieties tested at the U of M get far enough in the process to even be assigned a number, much less given a name. At first, Honeycrisp was only good enough to get a number, MN1711. That number meant it deserved to get a taste test. Whoa, I want to be a taste tester in the lab. Imagine getting to eat the very first Honeycrisp. Actually, it wasn't a hit right away. After it was first tested, it was marked for the discard pile, or trash. But then, at the last second, a young researcher named David Bedford took a second bite and decided to continue testing it. And thank goodness he did. Totally! (laughs) How long was it until people started thanking David for saving it from the trash? A while! You see, the process of getting a new apple from the lab to the grocery store is a slow one. Even after Bedford's department came up with the awesome name of Honeycrisp in 1991, it still took years to get on the shelf. Ugh, why so long? Well, for one thing, you have to get farmers to grow the new kind of apple tree. A farmer only has so much space, time, and water, so they have to be picky about what they grow. A new fruit is a gamble, especially when you can grow a bland red apple and know you'll make money. Luckily, a farmer named Quittier decided that the amazing flavor of the apple crisp was worth a gamble. Talk about a bet that paid off right away. (laughs) Right? Wrong! It took years! The thing about Honeycrisp is that it has a tender skin. A tender skin is nice to bite into and tastes good, but it also means the apple damages easily and has to be stored carefully. And if you ship them wrong and the truck hits a big bump, the apples can be ruined by bumping against other apples in the crate or being poked by apple stems. Huh, so what did Cordier do? It's not what he did, it's what he didn't do. Give up! Cordier believed that people would pay more for a super yummy apple. They just had to taste it. So, Cordier went from grocery store to grocery store, giving away samples of Honeycrisp. And each time he did, people realized what an apple could actually taste like. And they loved it! Finally, (laughs) after all that hard work and time, It all paid off. (laughs) Uh, Right? Right! The Honeycrisp is now the fifth most popular apple variety in the U.S. and is grown on over 15 million trees. But more importantly than that are the changes it caused in fruit and veggies overall. You see, the Honeycrisp proved that people would pay a little more for a piece of fruit that tasted a lot better. And thanks to that, more stores started selling better-tasting fruit and veggies, and that meant that people who lived far away from apple orchards and local farms could live happier, more flavorful lives. Whoa, horticulture is so cool. <laughs> you can literally invent a fruit that makes the world a better place. Exactly. So, now do you want to try my tin can cookie? Definitely not, but I would like a good apple. Want to head over to the farmer's market and do some food shopping? Yep! I'd love to buy some organic jean shorts for dinner. Okay, Capel, you do that. And if any of you have questions about apples, horticulture, Pflugerville, Capel, or me, Guy devil, send it to us at gokidgo.com. You might get your question read live on the show. Oh, and one last note! I get a lot of excitement as Lucy Wow's sidekick. Sometimes it overwhelms me and I just, well, you know, faint! But today I got the most exciting news and I, and I, oh easy kapow, deep breaths.